Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I am really excited to be doing a solo episode. The topic today is what to do when you don't know what you want. And the reason why I'm so excited is because this is a very personally resonant topic for me right now. As everyone who listens knows, I had a book that I've been working on for three years, and that has been the singular focus of my life is getting my first book out into the world, getting a publisher, writing it, editing it, putting it out into the world, marketing it, etc. That has consumed my life since 2020, right? Which is a long time. And here I am now, about six weeks after the book has come out. And for the first time in a long time, I don't know what I want, right? It's like I've had this one intention, one goal that has always been hanging out around in the corners of my mind and everything that I've prioritized in my life, my work as an executive coach, my personal life, my vacations, my experiences have all been for this book. And it feels a little bit like I've lost my North Star. And in the same way, I was also inspired by some of the listeners of this podcast and people who have been part of this community and supporters of the book. I had a workshop for the Lionsgate portal on August 8th. And in that workshop, we really tried to cement all the goals that people had for the next few months and to try to intentionalize them into being to basically say, this is what I want and I'm going to go after it. And at the end of the workshop, one of the participants asked me an amazing question. And she said, I love this process. I'm fully bought into the idea of manifestation. But my question is, what if I don't know what I want? What if I'm not clear on what it is that I want to bring into the world? And we only had about five minutes left in the workshop. So I did the best that I could to answer that question. But as I was unspooling it later on, I realized that there's a lot of complexity and a lot of nuance, and there are so many things that I want to say about it. So here we are now, a month after I got that question, a month of me really living this question myself. And so I'm going to do my best to explore this topic with you. So what do you do when you don't know what you want? AKA, how do you figure out what you want? How do you figure out what your goal is? And the very first thing that I want to say is that I want to normalize the fact that it's okay. And not even only is it just okay, but it's great. It's wonderful not to know what you want. It is a very normal process of being human, of being alive in this world. And I cannot think of a better quote than from Zora Neale Hurston from Their Eyes Were Watching God which I first read, I think in 11th grade, and I've read it two or three times since then. But what she wrote in her book is, there are years that ask questions and years that answer. 
And basically what this means is that, yeah, there are some times when we are answering the question of our life. We are going after that goal. We are in movement. We are in pursuit. But there are other times, other years that ask questions where we are exploring, where we are unsure. And that is natural. It is all part of the cycle of life. And I have been thinking a lot about back to school because a lot of my friends have children who started school last week. And I was hearkening back to the first 22 years of a lot of our lives where there's summer vacation. There's three months of every single year, 25% of the year, where we are just meant to broaden our horizons, to explore, to rest, and to relax We are asking questions. And then for the rest of the nine months, we have time where we're answering those questions, where we're moving towards some goal, some outcome. And if you look at the way the natural world works, that's how all animals operate as well. Trees, plants, everything we see around us in the natural world, it isn't just growing all the time. There are moments of respite. There are moments to recharge. There are moments where the purpose of that organism's life is about rest. And this is very important because we as humans need to do the same. We can't always be on a mission to accomplish something. We also need these liminal spaces, these points in between, these moments where we're not only recharging and recuperating, but we're also exploring where we are in the unknown because those portals where we don't know are our only opportunity to figure out what it is we want. And so with that, I want to say, if you don't know what you want, if you are still figuring it out, I want to say congratulations. This is a great place to be. (laughs) It's not any worse than the people who are like, I know exactly what I want. I'm going towards it. And I personally think that our society, our capitalist society, does us a huge disservice by putting stories of people who have known what they wanted to do since they were four years old on a pedestal and saying, oh, this is the way it should be. This person wanted to be an actor since they were three, or this person wanted to be a senator since they were in sixth grade, and then look, they did it. And while those are valid paths for people, I think that the even more valid path is the one of exploring, discovering the hero's journey, the figuring out who you are and what you want. And so if you are in this place of unknown, if you are unsure about what it is you want, about any aspect of your life, then I want to tell you that you are okay. This is normal. This is great. It is to be celebrated just as much as celebrating when you are on your mission state, when you know the goal that you want and you're driving towards it. And so the affirmation to use here is I'm excited not to know. I'm excited to be figuring it out. This is important work. I'm asking questions. I'm exploring. I'm learning. And this is the best use of my time. Sometimes I tell myself that being in between is a wonderful place. I love not knowing because it holds so much potential for the future. So maybe you might say to yourself, I don't know what I want 
And it's beautiful because the potential is unlimited. So those are just some examples of affirmations you can use for yourself, but I want you to find the right one for you. So just take a second now and think about what a phrase might be that feels invigorating and supportive of this really beautiful time you are in when you are figuring out what it is that you want. Now let's move on to the action plan for when you're figuring out what you want. And the first step of that action plan is to expand your worldview. So let me explain. Maybe you don't know what it is you want because you haven't seen it yet, because you haven't had an experience with it yet. And I personally have had this happen to me so many times where, you know, with my career, I didn't even know what an executive coach was until I was 30 or 31. I had no idea that job existed and that people could do that. And as soon as I heard it, I had this light bulb go off. I thought, oh yeah, I think that's what I want. That sounds great. Let me meet as many executive coaches as I can. Let me talk to people who have had experiences with their coaches and understand what they get from it. Let me read more about coaching and understand the methodologies behind it. And pretty soon I was fairly convinced that's what I wanted. And now I've been doing that work for four years now. And it turns out I do love it. I love my work so much. It's absurd. And I don't say that to be smug or rub it in any way, because for so long, I never felt that way about my work. I always felt, oh, I'm close. I do really like aspects of my work, but this isn't really it. I could never understand people who loved getting up in the morning to work. And truly, coaching my clients is the best part of my day, truly. And I'm going to have a baby in January, and I'm sad. I feel really sad in a way that I'm going to miss out on my clients for a little while. It's just such a bright spot, but I didn't even know. There was no way for me as a small person growing up in suburban Virginia, very far away from anyone who was an executive at any company to know that this work even existed. I don't even know if executive coaches existed in the 90s and in the same prevalence that they do today. But anyway, that was one example of how I needed to expand my worldview in order to figure out what it is that I wanted. Another example is even in relationships and dating. For much of my life, I had a very specific checklist for what I thought I wanted. And those criteria, I think, were largely created through what I had observed in the world. What is reinforced to us in TV shows and movies and books about what the quote unquote perfect person looks like, what a good relationship looks like. But I didn't really know for myself what it was. And so as a result, I had these failed relationships. I had so many relationships that weren't right for me. And it was only when I got rid of that checklist and I thought, okay, let me just date from beginner's mind. Let me not have any requirements for what this person should look like or how much money they should make, what they should do for a living. And pretty shortly, once I 
threw that list out the window that had really been confining me, I met Dev, who is the love of my life. And I cannot imagine someone who is more suited for me, but I never could have articulated it until I started to explore. And I remember I had this astrology reading with Sandy Citron, who I've been seeing as my personal astrologer since 2016. And I think it was probably 2017. And I asked her, who would I be compatible with? Can you generally describe this person? So she looked at my seventh house. She looked at where my Venus and my Mars were. She looked at a couple other placements and she said really clearly, yeah, you want someone who has a very harmonious energy, who is very easy for you to be around, who's very calming for you. You want someone who you can feel like you can talk to about anything for hours and hours. She also said, you're going to want someone who has Aries energy, who is very much, okay, we're going here. I'm taking the lead. Come with me. We're going on an adventure. I'll lead the way. And it turns out that I never had any of those things on my list before. And they are exactly some of the things that I most love about my partner. But generally, we don't know that we can speak in that type of language or specificity about what it is that we're looking for. So this step, expand your worldview. It isn't about knowing exactly what you want right away. The goal isn't to wake up one morning and to suddenly know what it is you want because you've seen it, you've been exposed to it. It's actually just about taking your time to broaden your horizons. So it's about trying new things, meeting new people, reading books or researching different types of experiences and different ways of life. It also might mean, you know, reaching out to someone like an astrologer or a coach or someone who's had a different set of experiences than you and seeing if they can expose you to things that you may not have heard about before. Saying to everyone, what are your favorite life-changing books that you've read? Where are the places that you visited in the world? Et cetera, et cetera. We all start with such a narrow slice of life. It's really just our family our house, our neighborhood, our town. And the whole point of growing up is to make that slice bigger and bigger and to find your place in the exact slice that you want to be. And I remember this feeling very distinctly at every juncture in my life. I remember reading books about kids who were living in Paris and London for the first time when I was eight or nine and thinking, I want to go there. I want that one day. And then watching movies about New York City, I think it was like that Home Alone movie, Home Alone 2, Lost in the City, and thinking, I want to do that. I want to be in New York, even though I'd never visited there before. And then when I went to college in Virginia, but a different part of Virginia from where I grew up, it was so fun for me to meet all these people who had grown up in different places. And then from there, I remember traveling to Vietnam for the first time when I was, I think, 19 or 20. And then when I came back, I thought, wow, I have totally different feelings and thoughts about what I should be doing now. And then I moved to LA for a summer and I thought, oh, wow, Virginia is so small. Like, I need to keep broadening and broadening. And so that's the point of life. And 
We don't necessarily need to uproot our lives and move to a new city to do it. You don't have to do that. That's just been my path in life. But there are so many ways where you can expand your worldview. Assume that you don't know anything. Assume that you've only seen 1% of what you can see out there and then get going. For me personally right now, this can take the form of something that seems small. I am at this juncture where I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, not just with my writing practice, but also with social media and with this podcast. And so I'm exploring new things because the podcast has been largely the same format for three years now. And so I started experimenting with these guest episodes to see how they felt. And I'm still experimenting. I'm still trying to see if there are different formats and variations that might be fun to do on the podcast. And then with social media too, I started a separate account that is just a lurker account. I'm not creating any content. And I started following about a hundred accounts that were in a different vein, that felt a little more businessy. They were accounts of writers, people who were writing nonfiction books, self-help and business books for a living, just to see what it is that they're doing because I wasn't sure what the full field is out there. And so I'm doing these little things to try to expand my worldview as I figure out what this next iteration of my professional goals look like. And yes, it can be as big as joining a new community or a new club or moving cities, but it can also be as small as trying things out that are a little bit different, following some new Instagram accounts, reading a couple books, doing a little bit of online research. But all I'm saying is that there needs to be some dedicated effort and some dedicated time to expanding your worldview. And so maybe what you can do as a suggestion is to schedule one date a week for yourself where you are expanding your worldview. So that might mean that you're taking two hours to do some online research or to read a book. It might mean that you're going to see a play or to a museum exhibit that relates to what you're thinking or curious about. Maybe it means that you set up a coffee with a friend you haven't seen in a while to ask them about a facet of the industry that you don't know about. So take yourself out on those exploratory worldview expansion dates and just do it once a week. That's it. You're just exploring. And don't make yourself feel like you're in a rush to get it all figured out. Don't feel like, okay, I am on a scavenger hunt and I need to find this thing. It's more for the purpose of expanding what you know, what your perspective is, and what you believe to be possible. Okay, so that's the first step. And the second step that we're going to talk about is to expand your self-knowledge. Basically, get to know yourself better. Deepen your understanding of who you are. And this isn't necessarily about figuring out what is my motivator, what lights me up, but it's about bringing some vocabulary and some depth to the way that you describe yourself. So if you have not done the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, MBTI, please go do that now. You can do that for free online. I think the website is called 16 Personalities. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it literally only takes 10 minutes to take this test and to figure out who you are. The second thing I would do is to figure out 
which Enneagram type you are as well. That's really fun. You can do that online for free. You can read more about the Enneagram. The Enneagram is the next step because it doesn't just tell you what type you are. You also have to self-identify. I think it gives you your top three, and then you need to read and explore those types and to figure out which one is most you so you actually decide. And that was really cool for me because it required me to do some analysis and some deep thinking, okay, is this really me? Do I really feel like I'm a type three or am I actually a seven or am I a two? So it took me probably six months to really articulate my Enneagram type. And that process is really fun, right? As opposed to MBTI, which just spits out what type you are. And then you read the descriptor the Enneagram is more involved. So you actually need to stretch your muscles a little bit to do that heavy lifting and figure it out yourself. You could also do the same thing with numerology and human design. I felt so much freedom when I understood my human design type. And the other day I was actually talking to a founder who recently realized that they are a manifester, which is a type of the human design type. And suddenly so many things made sense to them. So I felt the same way when I figured out that I was a projector. So check out human design, lots of great resources and have fun with it. Let your intuition lead you. There are innumerable, so many different personality assessments out there and just start dabbling and let your curiosity lead the way. And so with steps one, expand your worldview, and step two, expand your inner knowledge, then you have these two similar goals of exploration. But the first is about exploring the world around you, and then the second is about exploring the beautiful world within you. Okay, so now we have the third step, which is all about trial and error. Trying out every little inkling you have, every idea, every instinct, every curiosity, just taking a tiny step in that direction and not letting it feel so overwhelming. And the analogy I'll use here is when you're at an ice cream store and you are sampling the flavors before you choose, you don't eat a whole cone of the flavor you're sampling. You just take a little tiny microbite from one of those small sample spoons. And then you might try a number of them before you say, yeah, I'd like the cookies and cream today, right? You're just trying things out. And it's very low stakes, right? Just as low stakes as sampling some ice cream flavors is, this is how it should feel when you are figuring out what you want. So for instance, if you are thinking that you might like to move to Paris one day, you don't need to pack your bags and you don't even necessarily need to take a vacation there right away. You could watch some YouTube videos of expat life in Paris, or you could spend 30 minutes just very casually looking to see what types of job openings in your industry there might be in Paris. Or maybe you want to reach out to someone who you know who has lived there previously and ask them about their experience. And so really you're just thinking about taking the smallest bite, the smallest step forward possible. And then if that feels good, if you still feel interested and curious, take another small step forward. And it's through these tiny step forwards 
that we either arrive at something we really want, or we're able to say, you know what, that's actually not that interesting to me. No harm, no foul, no real effort wasted, very small lift on my part, and then I'll move on to the next direction where I want to take a tiny step forward. I think this is important because it takes the pressure off of us from needing to do these big activities, these big steps forward to feel like, okay, this is what I want. I know what I'm doing. And I want you to hold yourself back. Just operate in the tiniest, smallest way possible, embracing the fact that this is not your mission. You're just exploring. You are literally just exploring. And exploration is all about trial and error. And you need to expect that you're going to be pleasantly and unpleasantly surprised most of the time. And so you need to keep your bets really small. But you also do need to follow your inklings. So whenever there's any idea you have, no matter how big or how small, I want you to figure out, okay, what's the tiniest step forward I can take? Another thing to note here that I think is really important is that if you are taking little steps forward and you realize that it's not right for you any longer, that this intuition that you had is not actually right. You don't like this thing. You don't want it. That is okay. And not only is it okay, it's great. It means you accomplished your goal. You did the trial and error thing. It got you to a realization and there's no need to feel bad about changing your mind about something. Truly, if anything, you need to celebrate it. Before I started the company that I run now, Reset, and I do the work that I do now, which is basically coaching and then trying to make coaching more accessible to people through podcasts, social media, and writing. Before I did that, I had so many iterations of what I thought Reset would be dating way back to I guess 2015 or 2016 when I thought I might like to run a meditation company that taught corporate meditation. And I dabbled into that. I made a little bit of a website. I started to try to make training programs. I practiced, right? And I realized that I didn't really like it. I also thought I might want to be a yoga teacher. I tried that. I didn't really like it. And so I think it's important to know that these are not failures. These are successes, right? You're going to need a lot of at-bats before you really land that home run. And something that might be helpful is to actually give yourself a minimum amount of time to be exploring. So you can say something to yourself like, I am not going to commit to something until I've spent at least six months or I've spent at least a year in full exploration mode of trial and error. And that's what I did before I started Reset. I said, okay, I don't know what Reset is going to be quite yet but I'm not going to make a decision about it for at least six months. And that way you're rewiring your priorities from some race to the finish to saying, no, actually the goal is to take my time. There's this beautiful analogy that gets repeated a lot in the startup world where people say that you need a hundred rejections before you raise your first round of funding. And so every time you go out and you get rejected by someone, you think, okay, great. I'm just a little bit closer to racking that hundred up before I get to my first yes. So you see every no, not as a disappointment, but rather as a signal that you're on the right path. 
And so hold the same to be true with this trial and error process. Every time you explore something and you don't like it, you're not actually interested, that's a win. Rack up a hundred of your own before you can expect to really know what it is that you want. And then finally, the last thing I will say on this topic is that you cannot edit yourself. Do not hold yourself back. Let these trials and errors be as weird and far-fetched as you want them to be. Maybe you're going to research what it means to go back and go to med school at age 32. Maybe you're going to think about process for starting your own nonprofit. And so let these little hints, these little inklings be as big as you want them to be. Let your dreams, your ideas, your curiosity be completely unlimited. And then just take the tiniest of steps forward. So dream big and then tiny, small trial and error next to it. Okay. So those are the three steps to figuring out what you want. They are very easy, but they require commitment and some fun and some time. So the first one is to expand your worldview. Remember that means to try new things, meet new people, exploring, researching, expanding your horizons. The second is to get to know yourself. So to double click on your inner world, you can do that through personality assessments, through different typographies that are out there, asking yourself deeper questions. And then finally, trial and error. Knowing that you need to notch roughly a hundred small micro steps in different directions that don't work out before you reach your conclusion of what you do want. And so the reminder here is to not edit yourself, but to rather let your ideas be big and wild and totally crazy and then just make the smallest of tiny micro steps to explore and if that feels good take another micro step and if that feels good take another micro step the second it stops feeling good then change course try something else out so remembering too that this process is meant to be fun that it is normal And not only is it normal, it is something to be celebrated. You are not a failure or a disappointment for being confused. In fact, you are exactly where you need to be. You are in a beautiful, glorious state of asking questions. And fairly soon, you'll be in the stage of finding answers. But for now, enjoy where you are. It is full of potential, full of curiosity and wonder. It's a great place that is very open-ended and have fun. (laughs) I'm going to be in that stage too for the next little while. And this podcast is also an effort to pump myself up. I think it's working. I feel really excited now, actually. So I will be exploring and asking questions right alongside with you. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone who has read and loved the book. And just as a reminder, if you review the book on Amazon, then you can email me at info at resetnyc.com and I will send you a little oracle card that tunes into what you need to hear, what messages you need to hear, and I'll send it over to you. And in the show notes, you'll see a link where you can easily review the book on Amazon, and you can also easily 
email me with just one click and let me know that you did it. And I read every single review. And for those of you who have reviewed the book or the podcast, I read them all and I'm so grateful and thankful for you. And as we always say, remember to love yourself, remember to listen to yourself and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. See you all in two weeks. Thank you.